Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Take Action with Joe McCabe. Um, little technical difficulty with this file. We're missing a few minutes of the first uh, clip. Um, the file got corrupted, but we have 45 minutes of powerful content from Jay Duran with Culture Matters, who just released a book, 30 Days of Thought. I highly recommend you pick it up on Amazon. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be a book that lives forever for everybody. Um, so check out Jay's book. Check out this content and look for more great episodes coming up with other guests. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. It's on. Wow. Voice All right. is good. So yep. you want to repeat that? Yes, absolutely. I, I tie in that absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So uh, before we had to technically interrupt ourselves, let's come back. And, and the question I wanted to know, because we spoke about personality brands, right? Yeah. And there has to be an influencer on top to share the story and, and drive the culture. And my question is, the idea. What if you don't have a person, but you have an idea and you have a common goal, right? And everyone has a buy-in in that goal, per se, the NASA story. Yep. Now, I'm not sure who went there. I, I said JFK first, but I know you guys are trolls. Uh, <laughs> yes. Don't be a troll. All right. So, but the, the gist of it is the janitor, okay, when asked, what are you doing? Hey, you know, what job are you doing here? Could have easily said, hey, I'm the janitor. I just pick up trash. Instead, the janitor said, I'm here putting a man on the moon. Yes. Okay, okay. So, so that's huge. So so the janitor saying that yeah. is an effect of a cause. And the cause is either an, an influencer or the idea that's already there. However, it takes an influencer to start the conversation because part of what creates alignment. So the, the word that's overused is the word culture. Yeah. The two words that are important though is cultural alignment mm -hmm. meaning every if there's a hundred people in that room they all have their own view of reality which let's just say their character is how we label that right all of those people must agree upon something that's a little bit more important than their own view of reality and that would be per se the idea that you're talking right. about if someone wants to create an idea that everyone could get behind they need to they there needs to be an influence or some some cause first. Right. And then once this is laid out, like about to tell you, then the influencer can go away and then I don't need them anymore. Right. That's the point. Right. The story has to be clear. The language, for example, when you transcribe the vision, the mission, the purpose, the belief, the goal, those things combined tell a story. Mm -hmm. Without telling us, without right, the person, telling the right. per person what to think, right, and then the people that are listening, the influenced, now agree on their own, on their own, without being told what to think. That they believe, for example, the janitor agreed on his own that we're bringing the man to the yeah. moon. Now there was a certain speech, for example, that worked very well for that ethos, which was when JFK did actually do a famous speech where he said. We're going to go to man on the moon. And many, many, many people who have studied that speech say that it was a pivotal point in time for the American public to, to get behind mm -hmm. our space exploration mm -hmm. and helped NASA actually achieve that goal because part of how to create cultural alignment is when an influencer tells a story that creates that buy-in under some idea. Mm -hmm. So it's story, it's language, it's symbolism, and the medium is the message. So the medium would be, well, this would be considered a medium. Mm -hmm. 
If you meet someone for coffee over the table, that's the medium. The medium equals the message based on the story, the language, and the symbolism. So when these things are laid out clearly and they're transcribed, and then there's meetings that are had where an individual can stand up and tell the story and talk about it, it's not about the individual. So it doesn't create the, the dissonance between the employee and the employer. Right. It's about the idea, not right. the employer. Absolutely. Now, once it's laid out well enough, all of that, like through literature, mm -hmm. through language, through symbolism, through the story, the employer can leave the situation and the idea is still oh, there. The issue with most of all businesses, or this is not just businesses, this is families, mm -hmm. this is groups, this is communities, this is states, this is countries, this is nation, you know, and it goes on forever at different levels. Forever. This is our country. I mean, we can go that way too. Example, 1789, we unanimously voted one personality brand into office, George Washington. Mm -hmm. Unanimous, unanimously voted George Washington under an idea. Yep. And that idea was shown by the Constitution. Yep. And then all the way this year, we're, we're obviously misaligned as a, as a company, mm -hmm. i.e. country. country. So, so, so the influencer's role, now this is the thing, there's always an influencer, even if that person is not labeled. For example, if you have an office and there's sales that are happening, the influencer could be the person by the water cooler saying how crappy it is to work at the company sure. because they don't respect the, the the pseudo leader which is their boss and as soon as the, and this is a fact 66 percent of employees are disengaged at work because the new hires end up congregating after the great interview yep. with the employees that have dissonance between the employers so as soon as they go to the water cooler they have more respect for this individual than their employer or their manager and once they lose that the respect is just a, a a simple way of alignment like they're not aligned so how does the manager get it back the manager has to be able to learn them as humans get their permission like learn them as a person and then show them how to be better because the reason the person's always having issues is they lack confidence and competence and the competence they need to be false confident to actually do their job right. is never there so right. then that goes back into training and why we have training companies and all these other yeah. things um so there's always an influencer even if that influencer isn't entitled but when the architecture is laid out and it is invisible architecture the idea uh, uh, permeates past any individual and a good example of this would be like um let's just say steve jobs well, well let, let's say that, well, let's talk about Steve Jobs for a second. Steve Jobs, as a personality, he was so core to who he was as a person and so overwhelming with his personal energy that when an individual is that clear on who they are and that you could quote unquote say uh, powerful in that sense of clear on who they are and they're going to be who they are consistently, you can drive a country or an army without the idea, but you'll find that they, they, they communicate with certain language and, in a, in a, in a, and they usually communicate in an episodic storytelling way mm -hmm. that gets people to like them or at least follow them in some regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have very commanding personalities usually fine. Like they don't know what they don't know either. So they don't necessarily create an ideology. A good example of this would be the very aligned to Steve Jobs would be uh, Alexander Great. Mm -hmm. Alexander Great, 
his father, King Philip, invented a piece of technology called the Ceresa. And that was a 13, it was a 22 or 23 foot long pole. It was like 11 to 13 feet longer than the average phalanx pole. Mm -hmm. And that piece of technology and the training behind it of King Philip II training his men so well, they actually defeated the Greeks that had never been defeated in these, this division of hoplites that had never been defeated. And King Philip started winning and winning and winning. He wasn't very aligned with his son, Alexander the Great. They had a very difficult father-son relationship to the point where they actually got an uh, altercation over the same woman that they loved, which was around Alexander's age and King Philip was in his 50s. Mm. But what King Philip did that was very interesting and uh, one could argue powerful to the future of Alexander the Great was he hired a mentor, a coach, for Alexander the Great at a very young age, in his early adolescence, like 11, 12, 13, Aristotle, who started helping him read and horse ride horseback and train and develop. So by the time of uh, Alexander the Great's late teens, he was a pretty powerful human in the sense of he was very competent, he was very learned, he was very intelligent. However, he was intrapsychically, internally conflicted of his relationship with his father. And through that insecurity, his vision was to conquer the whole world. See, when, when King Philip died, Alexander never got to work that out. Mm -hmm. Alexander never lost a battle. He always led from the front. He trained harder than anybody. He was a he was a genius when it came to uh, like geographic, like he was a polymath basically, meaning in Greek, many learnings. He studied multiple disciplines and he brought that into his, his fighting. And he took over his father's army and conquered all of Macedonia, all of Greece, all of Northern Africa, Northern Egypt, all of, he chased Darius II all over Persia, who was the king of the Persian Empire. Mm -hmm. Never lost a battle. Alexander the Great is very, he's an archetypal character, psychological figure that aligns with Steve Jobs because they shared this massive black hole of... This is an archetype, yeah, for 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 successful successful people, and this is interesting. It's interesting. When Alexander the Great died, his kid was like, remember, he he never lost a battle. He always led from the front. He trained harder than anyone. His his he would vocalize his mission that Zeus was his father and that he was going to conquer the whole world. So he used his word to vocalize the stories. Mm -hmm. He used his word to speak what his goals were so his men would follow. The symbolism was that he physically led from the front. Napoleon was also a guy that led from the front. Mm -hmm. You see a pattern when you start looking mm -hmm. at these generals. And they lead, so the symbolism is his body, the language is his word, and the, 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 the story is how he speaks. And the medium is we, well, his men see him fight. When he died, his entire empire collapsed immediately. All those different cultures, nothing aligned them. There was no all-encompassing idea. Mm. There was nothing written down, nothing created, yeah. nothing that could sustain his ideology past his death. But this is the crazy part of that story. His bodyguard, best friend, a guy that was really close to him, was a mentee of Aristotle as well. His name was Ptolemy I, and he fled to Egypt after Alexander died. And he's the one that started the Alexandrian libraries. He was Cleopatra's great, 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 great. It was 16 generations. Cleopatra's great grandfather. And he, when he took over Egypt, created 
the Alexandria libraries. He wrote books. He made sure that the ranking system for his heirs, every son was Ptolemy and then their kids were Cleopatra. Like he, he, he made it, he figured it out. He created his constitution. Yeah. Alexander did it. So to answer your question on Steve yeah. Jobs, Steve Jobs, I do not believe created any of that. I believe that most businesses that have market share upon the death or the exit of their, of their hero, of their Alexander Great, that don't have the literature and the stories and all the writing like that in a sustainable way, are, are, are gonna go out of business. I love that. And that he's not that great. You he was work. just a jerk off. So that, that's what I have to say about it. So he went all the way around Alexander Great to yeah. tell us that Steve Jobs was a jerk that needed a psychologist and, and, and should have been a better father. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. But you know what? You know, and didn't create an ideology didn't, without didn't that. Create the, it and it's, the technology it's not, not going to be sustained. No, just like someone invents a new weapon. So this is the thing. Technology drives culture as culture must adapt to it. What is culture? Like I said, it's an amorphous it's an amorphous alignment or misalignment of belief systems. Right. So example, if the whole planet right now decided that human culture mattered more than skin color, uh, sexual interest, blah, 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 blah. Well, then we wouldn't have any war because there'd be a level of abstraction where everyone agreed that, you know what? You can believe that, but I believe you're a human. We're good. Yeah. That is not a thing, actually, in right. the world. No. So because it's not a thing in the world, we are at war. We are killing each other. So the culture conversation is the most important conversation. It's why it's becoming uh, a buzzword because yeah. it's the most important conversation for the planet. Mm -hmm. Having conversations up. So anyway. No, no, I get it. And yeah, what, yeah. I, when, what I was going to say... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that the first culture matters was written on the walls of pyramids. I'm telling you, they left the history. You see what I'm saying? So when you said that Alexander the Great didn't have it, you go into the walls and it's like, huh. oh shit, the only thing is that we couldn't read it, right? We can't figure out hieroglyphs, but now we can. So it's like that was left to know how do you how do you how do you fight, right? How do you eat? How do you sustain yourself? Where do you move from? What's the culture? What's the civilization? The belief system, science, astrology. How do you build this stuff? So I, I love that you brought it back to uh, Egypt because we see that right now in the tombstones. They just found a, a few more in inside. So it, it really dates all the way back to history. And we were talking about history before. I was going to ask you what companies uh, were doing it right. But before that, I know Joe has a question because he's been over there looking pretty. I do. I have a lot of questions. All right. So culture. So leading from the front. An individual, I'm a huge fan of that. So, but I think that in our world of independent contractors, of people that, as a lot of real estate brokers like to say, now, I don't believe this about my yeah. people because our people are loyal. A lot of the ones that are here now, they do believe in the mission and we all work as a big team. But a lot of real estate brokers believe that every night their employee, their contractors go home and they bring their business with them and they may not come back tomorrow. So how does someone who's aggressive, type A, Someone like that, or how does anyone with um, any personality really recruit to culture and then keep those people um, and lead from the front at the same time? Because I think you can create conflict. It's a it's a great question. So the first step is to find it, right? I'll give you an example. Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort in 1987 was selling stocks on Wall Street. The market went down, and he ended up having to go, you know, and find a job, just like the movie. Well, this really happened in real life, and he ended up getting a job to, to, to be able to sell these very uh, cheap penny stocks. His own competence at it, his own vision in his head, made him the best, very successful. I had the pleasure of interviewing one of the first employees that ever worked for him, and that's a guy named Peter Galletti. He lives in Vegas. Peter 
in his words, not mine, heard about this guy named Jordan on Staten Island selling these penny stocks and made sure, he didn't know, he moved his office to Jordan's office. Like he moved his and Jordan still didn't know him. He just put himself around this guy he heard about. And he would listen and watch. And he basically finagled his way to be able to pseudo-mentee under Jordan. His income went up. It all went great. What ended up occurring was some bad things happened in that office and it closed down. Peter also finagled his way, his, wor his words, not mine, to be able to be there when Jordan was going to start Stratton and got, he gave Jordan his card and they exchanged. And there you go. He was like the third guy, right? There's Pete, there's Jordan Belfort. There's this other guy, Donnie. Or I don't know if his real name is Donnie, but I forget. And then there's this guy, Peter. Think of that psychology. There's a person that went out of their way because they heard of this other guy to then go and meet him. They obviously shared, and that having known now, I don't know Jordan personally, but I know Peter pretty well, and they're aligned based on what I know of Jordan through his chief marketing officer, who I know well. Meaning their character ethos is like how they think is aligned. Well, that individual went out of his way to go find him. So what if Jordan had done this? What if Jordan had introspected to write down the words that he believed defined him? What if he wrote down, let's say, five words that had meaning, like grit to him means you call until they buy or die. Let's just use that as an example. Right. Meaning if that's what Jordan thinks in his world and he writes it down with the word grit, and he says it enough, people that agree with it will think that too. If he had done that, now it's written down on paper. If that's not done, he has to just keep being him until enough Peters hear about him and find him. And that's a huge disconnect in business. Now, speaking about Jordan, in less than four years, they had about a thousand young associates that averaged a million of few hundred thousand dollars a year in income and they're all between 18 and 22 and what did Jordan do what did Jordan do I actually talked about this on Brad's podcast dropping bombs not too long ago and Jordan popped on the podcast and said exactly what I had said and he said basically he trained his people 90 minutes in the morning and 90 minutes in the afternoon Monday through Thursday and a couple hours every Friday so what did Jordan do Jordan went in the office he led from the front he did what was necessary for him to grow and language he spoke the word symbolism people saw him because for a follower seeing is believing until believing is seeing for the leader believing is seeing mm -hmm. but if the leader the influencer doesn't symbolize that belief by doing it in front of people they're less likely to attract their peters what if jordan belfort never did it he would have just been broke and thought. And then Peter would have never heard of him symbolically and found him. So successfully, they didn't just let anyone in because they made it so very difficult for someone to get in because the influencer, the leader, led from the front and totally kicked ass. He reverse engineered language, his entire process of kicking ass into a script. Remember, language and then through leading from the front, symbolism, and through his team meetings, the storytelling, he taught the script and did it live and did it so well, he was the number one in history. If he just, Jordan Belfort made his money doing four to $10 stocks. 
He was a millionaire many times over legally without investing in the back door of these businesses. So he could have been legitimately very, very wealthy from just being a badass sales trainer in his company. I would also argue, and I hope he sees this so he can hire me to coach him because he hasn't overcome this Jordan Belfort. He's still fucked up. Jordan <laughs> Belfort was exactly like Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. He didn't overcome his childhood. And if you don't overcome your childhood, you'll never overcome yourself. Everything that is his genius, because he's very intelligent, he's very driven, and he's a monster as a human. It was all dr driven through insecurity because internal conflict equals external creation. And that was the spark of his genius, but he never overcame it as a person. Mm. It's why he went to drugs and why he went for the dopamine spikes, because that's usually an effect of that non-causality, that non-internal <laughs> psychological alignment. So that's, he, you know, he was, an, he, he was an amazing sales trainer, a leader, and got himself wrapped up in some illegal activities mm. because he was fucked up. Right. So to answer your question, if the leader hasn't, gotten very clear on what they're like transcribed their character for example and where they're going but let's look at their character like what are their core values how are they supposed to create the interview process to make sure that they don't uh, hire people that are not really like them because what you want is people that are just like you and if you're a fucked up piece of shit you still want those type of people with you right. while you develop because that's, that's who you're going to get question. and like, though this is very important if the individual doesn't really face the mirror and start telling the truth and working out their things, they have to come to the realization that everyone that they're attracting in their life is actually a clear reflection of what they like about themselves and what they don't want to know about themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they don't actually tell the truth and face the facts that they are attracting people who are them, mm -hmm. they will never grow as a human mm -hmm. and it will limit their ability to become wise and to actually develop and, be, and, and, and build anything worth keeping, if that makes sense. No, that makes okay. perfect sense. It reminds me of the take 100% responsibility for everything. You know, yeah. uh, one of the things that, I mean, yeah, if you got shit people, not even before that, Ho'oponopono, Hawaiian prayer ritual. Okay, one guy healed an entire psych ward because he took responsibility for them. Why is this person coming to me with this problem? It must be because I have a problem that I'm unaware of and it's being expressed in that person. So it's really taking it on a deeper level of understanding if someone's shitting or, or bugging you, it's because you, the only way to recognize it because it's in, it's in you. Right. So the only way to heal that is to really take that in and apologize for what's going on inside of you with you and really open up and be honest. And I love that part of it, the authenticity of being a human being in order to graduate and, and self-develop yourself. Yeah, I, I want to be clear, you know, in the sense of, Anyone that we're discussing or any one of us, if we were as much as our name, then, well, what really would differentiate us from any other Jay on the planet, any other Joe on the planet, any other Stacy on the planet, mm -hmm. Jordan, all the people we've talked about? The name is just a symbol mm -hmm. that potentially reflects what the audience, the world, perceives a person to be based on their reputation, based on what they've done, based on so on and so forth. So anyone that we're talking about, any one of us, at any moment, anyone watching this, is really just at a crossroads at every second to define who they are through what they do mm. based on how they view themselves and the world. Yeah. So no one is a jerk. No one is this. No one is that. That is all a label that would limit the potential of whoever we could be. Mm -hmm. However, if we don't admit where we're at based on what we've done, we may not break that 
invisible matrix of reality that we keep doing the same things and not recognizing it. It's everyone else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important is like to look in the mirror and say, what actions and belief systems do I have behind those actions got me here for this all to occur mm -hmm. and take responsibility from there and be yeah. like, what, what do I, what can I do? Yeah. Cause everyone can be whoever they want to yeah. be. Yep. If they take responsibility, this is my belief, psychologically. Yeah. No, I believe in that as well. Uh, action and 100% and responsibility. So, Jay, is that is that you're good on your question? No, I was going to say, yeah. so you yeah. talked a little bit about hiring. Yep. And obviously, this kind of feeds into a two-part question. But there's a huge correlation between culture and profitability. Um, but there's also a little bit of confusion with a lot of people because you'll hear some business people say, hire fast, fire fast. Right? You hear that all the time and let them filter themselves out if they don't fit the culture? Or do you hire for culture mm. and let the process be a slower process that you get question. the right people from day one? Or do I bring in no. thousands of people, like and Keller Williams is a good example of this, they'll bring in any Joe Schmo off the street and let's hope 100 of them succeed. And they've been successful with that model. So which one, obviously one grows you quicker, but which one's more profitable? Well, number one is any model is gonna be a clear, a clear reflection of the individual that is the number one, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, wherever you go, you are. Right. So it really depends. And, and, and there's two different conversations because number one is we tend to take a lot of advice from people who may be perceived to be completely competent in one thing and therefore now they know everything. Yeah. So that's where it, it, that creates a whole nother because you can't really, uh, you can't really argue with this, the, 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 the clear understanding of individual psychology and how that how that uh, how that aligns or not or disaligns with or not aligns with, with with the sociology of other people like there's facts to these things individuals attract other individuals like them the good and the bad right the good the bad and the ugly the question is what is that individual doing to help develop that person that's attracting to them to become better while also looking in the mirror and taking responsibility to tell the truth of what they need to work on also. So like to answer the question simply, someone needs to really figure out who they are and what kind of business that they want to run first. I would say that no matter what, no matter what, if an individual doesn't find it, like really reflect and get clear on who they are, even if their business is massively successful in 10 years, they will still want to jump off the nearest bridge. Mm -hmm. That's hello. Have we like not talked about that in our culture today? What is success really? Period. What is it? And it doesn't mean if you think like, oh yeah, I want to actually love myself and build a successful business. That doesn't mean that I hate money. No, no, no. Like we're in a capitalistic world, mm -hmm. right? You accept payment. So I think it's like no matter what scenario, no matter what model you're going to do, you know, fill the room with people or not fill the room with people. You've got, it doesn't matter. That's, that's after. You've got to get clear on who you are. And the only way to do that is to reverse engineer. What are your values and who are you now that you want to maybe overcome and get better? Because that's the whole point of life in the first place. Or else we're going to get to the end of that journey and we're still going to be empty because we didn't develop ourselves over ourselves in the journey. Yep. Yeah. Now there is a quote from Heraclitus, one of my favorite ever. He was a philosopher 500 years uh, pre-Socratic, meaning like before Socrates and all that. And he said, if you give me 100 men, 80 of them are targets. 
10 of them shouldn't even be here. Of the 10 that are left, nine of them are real fighters. Ah, but one is a warrior. Mm -hmm. I shall find him, for he shall bring the others back. So now, regardless of our opinions, let's just look at that was said by a philosopher that was pretty well respected 2,500 years ago. But bias aside, let's just look at that. And he, you know, he trained warriors, supposedly. If we look at a business, if you give me 100 people, 10 of them, all right, don't align. 80 of them are targets. We'll shelve that. We'll go back to that in a second. Nine of them are real fighters. One is a warrior. Ah, I shall find him. Well, what if most businesses are run by individuals that they're their own warrior, meaning through their insecurity, they get really competent in something, fake confident enough to get the deals. They attract others like them, their antagonists, who screw them over because, well, they accepted that because they're that. And the, the targets, the targets that, that are coming, they leave because what the target needs is for the warrior to actually work out their own psychological issues so that they can be their parent. Because the meaning of life is to have a mentor and be a mentor. Every mentor is a mentee and every mentee is a mentor and has a and and, and that spiralic cycle of life. The in my argument the the, the 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 founder of the business, the the psychologically disturbed crazy person that will, that decides to eat glass, as Elon Musk mm -hmm. would say, because it takes energy, inertia to create until they face the facts of who they actually are and can let go of a lot of the energy and then invest time in people that may leave them and be okay with that, they won't deserve the targets to be more productive. Mm -hmm. They won't attract the real fighters and they'll never, ever, ever keep a warrior because what actually happens in business is the founder reflects the warrior. They have lots of targets that come in that leave high turnover because mm -hmm. they don't get what they need, mm -hmm. which is apparent, mm -hmm. which is love and belonging, interdependence, and so on and so forth. And the other real fighters or warriors, they learn as much as they can around them and then they leave too and start their own businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's a constantly in flux of it. And what usually occurs is that the Steve Jobs of the world and the Alexander the Greats of the world and so on and so forth, they just never give up. They just keep going and going and going and going and going and inevitably their brand or belief consumers have in them built so strong that the marketplace just accepts them as being the best. Mm. But they've never actually worked out their internal insecurity or their internal conflict that creates the momentum to externally create. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, I have I a book it. coming out in the, in the summer called yeah. The Liar Lid. It's about this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, the Liar Lid. Yeah, it's called The Liar Lid book. It comes out in the, it's in the summer. Is that the description? Yet. That's no, I mean, I'm just, you know, so this, is, this is a pretty... So, wait, what the hell was the question? Yeah, oh, my so, gosh, I got into that. <coughs> I mean, this is, you, know. you did answer yeah, it. Though. No, you yeah. Answered, yeah, yeah, no, you, you answered, answered it. it. And I think it's a problem that a lot of a lot of business owners face, right? Because you could bring in, um, you could attract these people. You know, sometimes you, other people call them takers. You know, yeah. where you get people who come in and they'll, they'll take your stuff and then they run off and, and do their own thing. Or they never really take the value that you're adding to them. Um, or they're just afraid of being successful themselves. But 
how does how does someone who who is a warrior themselves running the business keep the other warrior? How do you keep them there? Besides, I mean, I have a technique that I like to use where I immediately empower that person and I give them kind of a leadership role in some way, something to run themselves. But how do you keep the warriors? Yeah, it's great. So one thing that I had to personally do, so once again, I appreciate the audience because I'm usually the one interviewing and asking questions. A year and a half ago, I decided that through my personal lack thereof and insecurity, I always saw love and belonging from others. So therefore, I would consistently attempt to get it by talking. Mm -hmm. I would consistently attempt, at a very young age, I realized, I, I decided that my worth came from how people got value from me. So I, be, I basically became a motivational speaker that no one wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. So listening was not part of my personality ethos. So a year and a half ago, I decided to shut up and dedicate my physiology to putting myself in an environment to become a better listener. And how I did that was to start interviewing people like you guys are today. The intent behind me doing the interviews was to become a better listener, period. So what I did was, prior to going into these conversations, I looked at the person's you know, Wikipedia, if they had one, a lot did, a lot didn't, or their LinkedIn, whatever I had to do, I'd look at it, that's my research, I got it, now I'd go into that interviewing, having enough information to ask questions, and then when they answered the question, I would not ask the next question in my mind, because waiting for someone to talk is not listening. I would ask a new question that I didn't know what it would be based on what I heard through the emotion of what they said. And that has helped me become a better listener, the intent behind it, which has helped, which, which is an integral part of psychology in building strong relationships is genuinely wanting to care about what other people think as a leader in a business, when you intently listen to your people and get to know their soul is the first step in them, in, in, in what Maslow, Abraham Maslow is much more you know, adept in this than myself. We can borrow some of his language. Anyone can Google Abraham Maslow. Love and belonging is created when the influencer genuinely listens. So I, that, this whole, the whole interview thing was all about me developing over myself to be a better listener. So first, are you actually, do you know how to listen? That isn't in high school, uh, uh, junior year class over here, listening one-on-one. -on -one. No, no, no. So that along with, well, after love and belonging, people need interdependence. What does that mean? There's two levels of interdependence. There's title and there's competence. If you give someone a title, and the love and belonging isn't there, won't work. They'll leave you every time. It'll cost you a lot of money. If you give them the title and the competence isn't there, won't work. They'll leave you every time. They'll lose the money. However, if you listen to understand and not to reply and set up time to do so, a good example would be Jim Fischetti, who took the Keller Williams from $4 billion to $13 billion in three years and 10 months. I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. What he <coughs> told me was he would spend accountability time with his mentees or the OPs, right? The people that ran the Keller Williams region, 30 minutes every other week with them around, listening, figuring out where they were, celebrating the wins, and then training on the course correct. Like that was his process. And it worked, right? They grew from 4,500 agents to 9,000 agents. And it does come from the top. Everyone's aligned. He created an alignment. It worked. 
So that's just one example of many. But the point is this. When I decided to become a better listener, to genuinely care, because it's easy to get high on the serotonin and the dopaminergic spikes right now of actually being valued with other humans, and it fulfills my insecurity, and by the way, it doesn't necessarily go away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. no. However, listening and then training them and having a process to help people become more competent and then respect you because you genuinely respect them, that will increase the likelihood of them staying and developing and building past that. Now, this is the catch, though. Just like the question earlier about what type of business model, regardless if you want to fill the room or, or, or attempt to make it as difficult like buds, like the Marines or whatever, to get in, like a Navy SEAL to get in, you still got to find it and transcribe it. You still got to get clear on your vision, mission, values, your purpose, your goal, your belief system, because that is what you're going to base your hiring process on. Yeah. Right? So, a good example, we just were taking on quote unquote interns of culture matters for the post production side. Well, they're not called interns in culture matters. They're called culture creatives. And we are hiring character to develop skill sets. They will, they are get being chosen based on answers to questions to help gauge and make sure that this is the right thing for them. And then they're gonna be trained on the skill sets that they need to be better at whatever it is that they're gonna be doing specifically as far as tacit skills. It's like a lot of companies hire skill and they don't and they don't look at the character. And if they're not clear in their character in the first place, well, then it's irrelevant. So it still goes back to that. Um, yeah. Can you hold someone, say you hire, <clears throat> maybe not the wrong person, but let's say you hire someone who's, who's aggressive, who's a go-getter. Can you make that person, can you start holding them accountable to culture and mold them? Can you change that person? If the story, the symbolism, the language, and the media is not all lined out, you can't really do much of anything because you've got no control of the business. What a business is, is a vision to a solution of a problem first. Mm -hmm. Then the profit is the margin of what it costs to solve the problem and what comes in. But a business, the business of America was founded in 1740 when Ben Franklin and a bunch of the founding fathers had a vision to a solution of a problem. Philadelphia was literally covered in shit. William Penn, who was the owner or the, let's just say the the, the, the operating principal of Penn, Pennsylvania was an absentee manager for 17 years, meaning he wasn't in Pennsylvania and let Pennsylvania's store start acting up. And it was literally covered in shit and there were hookers everywhere. So Ben Franklin and the founding fathers got together and said, we're going to form the first union. They started cleaning up the, sheet, uh, the streets, meaning it's like the employees had their own vision to a solution of a problem of the store. And they said, we don't need the manager. We're going to clean it ourselves. So the country didn't start in the 1770s. The country started as soon as they had the vision to a solution of a problem without the boss. Right. What do you see all the time in businesses? Employees get together and they say, oh, we don't need that loser. Let's start our own company. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been that person? I've been that person. Everybody's been that person. That's the problem. Because William Penn never worked out his psychological crap and therefore was a bad leader. And by the way, he, got, he, he was given... Pennsylvania by King George who just owed his father money and was like take this land so it wasn't even a thing in the first place now King George was basically the founder of the company the 13 colonies and how did he respect and, and create alignment between the, the, the you know England and America he did it there were 13 colonies they were all set up differently there was no like there was no overarching belief system that unified them number one they, they the, the colonies were started in the first place due to the fact that the, the Puritans didn't even want to align with the, with the organized religion of England, and they came here. So from day one, there was a misalignment, and from day one, there was going to be a new country. So, I mean, like I say, you can't really understand culture unless you understand 
lots of lots of disciplines actually because it's it's like a human thing. But um, yeah. All right. So let's say a business owner is listening to this right now. Yeah. And right in their mind, they're seeing dollar signs go out the window because they have a shit culture. They're losing people. They have a high turnover. What is the process? What's the three, five, yeah. ten step process that they can do today where they can look at themselves and start evaluating? Obviously, it takes a long time. But how can they start evaluating themselves? Yeah, so three things they can do. Well, number one, you have to reflect and transcribe your vision, your mission, your purpose, your belief, your goal. The whole point is you want as much language as possible to help create this idea. You get clear on the story of why you started the business in the first place. That's the story you use with customers for your marketing and branding. That's the story you're going to use internally to create that alignment. So you have that architecture. Great. Now you're going to take personal responsibility to do the things that got you there in the first place in front of those that you expect to do them. Meaning if you're going to go and make calls, you do it in front of your people. And if you're not willing to do that, then you hire a company that does align with your company's values and vision mission. Once you get clear on all that yeah. and you partner with them so that they do it, but it has to be done. Meaning every person that works for your company needs to be in it to win it for the for, for this vision and purpose and belief and goal, which has to be written down. Yeah. And they have to be trained on the core competencies to be good at their job. So once you write all that down, now you're going to have meetings where you actually train people, let's just say, once a week. And every morning, let's say you don't want to do it every morning, three times a week, you get your people together, stand together five minutes and give, th you know, give thanks and talk about one of the values that helped you as a company you know, that you're looking forward to starting the day with. And you start creating what alignment. It's not, the word is not culture. The, the, the two words is cultural alignment. It's getting clear on what this freaking thing actually is. And then training your people through it. And like those are two very simple things. There are three very simple things. You find it, transcribe it, you write down what I just said. The vision, the mission, the, va the values, the purpose, the belief, the goal. You train your people every week on the competencies they need to be better. And you have huddles with them okay. to actually start the day. Those are three things. Now, what do you think? Oh, like I'm not, a I'm too busy to do that. Well, the point of a business is to develop example you have the you have the influencer what are they going to do well it's contacts it's conversion and it's time over task meaning how many people you're talking to to cost consumers that'll be customers that could share in your vision meaning believe that you have integrity competence and confidence what's your conversion meaning how many people do you have to talk to to be a bit to be in business with you and what time are you investing all day long right that's what a business owner yeah. is that's the first employee yeah well the p in that equation is like how many times can you model that well, if you're a business owner, you need to develop someone to do what I just said. Until you've done that, what do you have? What do you have? You just have your energy, your conversations, your contacts, and your time over task, and physics, because it's physics. You will attract other people who like you and believe in you because they see you. However, unfortunately, due to the fact that it's psychology, the proximity bias, the more time you spend with someone when it's all about you, they hate you. Right. It's called a marriage. Right. Just kidding. Right. But it takes a lot of work <laughs> and you have to, you actually have sex with those uh -huh. marriages. So you yeah. actually, there's other reasons why they stay with you and you shouldn't, you know, they say one, right? The one, it's a joke, but the, 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 the honeymoon effect is a real thing in business. Mm -hmm. 
because when there is no idea that everyone can work towards, then the whole thing is about me. Yeah. Culture Matters is not about Jay. That's why it's not called Jay Matters. Mm -hmm. It's Culture Matters. So the amalgam of the vision, the mission, the purpose, the goal, the belief, the stories, the values, and all, the literature, and all of the things we're putting out there, other people can get behind it and help their lives. Mm -hmm. That's why it's become so much bigger than me attempting to help companies create architecture, invisible, excuse me, invisible architecture. Because I realized the reason I wasn't doing it is because I was a jerk off. Like I had to grow. Well, how do you do that? Read every day, write every day, develop yourself every day. Like the, the irony of being a coach is that the reason you do it is because you're fucked up. Right. The irony of being a parent is the reason you do it with your kid is because you're fucked up and you want them to live. Right. Right. So the irony of life is that we're all really, really messed up and then <laughs> that's what the eye becomes. So you know, it's the beauty. Yeah, it's the yeah. beauty. So to answer your question, because I tend to talk in circles, that's why they, I usually want to ask questions. Um, <laughs> write down who you are. Um, if anyone messages me, I can send them like what culture matters values are to give them an idea like how that works. Uh, write down who you are. Start training your people on what you had to get good at to be in that role. Mm -hmm. And have a morning huddle where you talk about what you're thankful for and you talk about some of your values. So those are three things that will create alignment. So it's not about you. You can help other people believe in something. And that's what we all need is to believe in something. Yep. And then people can learn how to be good at stuff so that they can grow. Yeah. I oh, I sent you the, the description of this book. About about, okay, yeah. I, I was love just it. about to say. So you, so you yeah, and I have very it. similar views on yeah. reading, and you say it all the time. So a lot of people maybe stray away from reading because they're thinking, man, i got to memorize all this shit. But now you have a different view on it. Right? We're not yeah. reading to memorize necessarily. I just wrote something this morning about this. It was called, uh, it's funny, it was called Going Deep on a Book Creates Zombies. Mm. Mm. I could read it now. Um, okay. And that's, it's, it's poetry hour. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. Hour. Yeah. Uh, no, so, well, I could read it. No, think between the lines. We're not reading to memorize other people's thoughts. If we all had read a book to just memorize what the writer said. You'd be in school. Yep. It's just an I like what John Maxwell says about educators. An educator takes an idea and complicates it. Yeah. And then a, a communicator takes it and simplifies it. Yeah. So the point, uh, I hear this a lot, a lot, a lot I hear, you know, I, I can't listen to audio books. I don't, I don't. I lose train of the, you know, I lose my thoughts. This is the thing. No one in the world fundamentally completely has debunked our human consciousness. Mm -hmm. And anyone can Google the cone of learning right now on Google and it shows that what we do understand about the mind, what we do, a very li limited understanding is that listening, it's, it's not just reading, it's not just listening, it's not just teaching. It's the life's philosophy of all of them. Mm -hmm. Where we are, we are we are body sacks <laughs> with the mental faculties to interpret the world, to, to to process information, and we are biologically designed to bear offspring, and it increases our offspring's life or livelihood if they learn from our 
reality because we've had more investment in it. They call it time. time investment. Right? Time. Mm -hmm. We we have been, but the, the the beauty of the ma of the of the brain of the brain is in the front of our brain is the frontal cortex, which lets us imagine things. Half our brain is metaphor brain. We we can see the world without being in the world. So, reading to think, listening to an audiobook, your mind starts wandering. Good. You're probably thinking. Yeah. And that's not something that has necessarily been culturally aligned for the past X amount of years with the industrial complex. We were in a different age. The mass of people needed to just understand basic tacit skills so that they could accomplish them. But we're in the age of thought provocation where robots are going to be able to do those things and will do those things and are doing those things. So I would say read to think between the lines, not to memorize, will change someone's entire uh, view of books. So 30 days of thought. Yeah. So part of the description you got it here. Growth is one word. Growth is listening, speaking, reading, and writing. Growth is love, hate, pain, pleasure, comfort, and discomfort. Growth is life. So what are they going to take? What are readers? What are business owners? What's everybody listening to the podcast going to take away when they buy the book? How does it work? So the premise of 30 Days of Thought is not, it says in the first page, this is not the writer's book. This book is the reader's book. Over 30 days, the reader is going to read an excerpt, which is a thought that's been developed on the page, in the morning, midday, in the evening. And the point of that is to turn the page to the next page where they're going to write down, not what they learned, not what was said by the writer, but what they think, and then film a video on what they wrote. And the book coaches the reader on how to create their content, how to create their truth, how to create their book, how to create their course, whatever it is, that's what 30 Days of Thought is. So if anyone's willing to put, put the test of strength, right, just yeah. get ready for the test of strength to read, write, and speak for 30 days, that's what, it's like a workout for your mind. And it's the first, well, it's book two of a seven set series called The Culture Collective that'll be coming out in the next 24 months. And the uh, and so that's, yeah, that's the book. I love it. That's awesome. So they can order that through? Yeah, so September 26th, Amazon. Amazon. Is how we order awesome. yeah. And the cool thing about yeah. that book is for a lot of people say, well, I don't do anything on social media because I don't know what to say or do. So this book serves multiple purposes. Yeah, so let's say that you're, you're actually reading 30 Days of Thought. Now, you're going to read one of the thoughts, and now, on the next page, you're going to write down what you think. Mm -hmm. So now, you have what you could talk about on social media. And the book, actually, we partnered with Blitz Metrics on it, owned by Dennis Yu. It actually has a template of his one-minute video, how to do a one-minute video, so that you put out educational, empathetic, and therefore entertaining real content of your own on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, so there's no reason to not put truth out there in the world. And some people say, oh, what if all these people start putting out you know, videos and do all these things? Oh, God forbid that everyone on the planet was so much smarter. Oh, right, right. If, if only, you know, it, it would be such a terrible thing if 7.6 billion people on the planet were thought provocateurs and developed new technology so we can go to other planets and shit. But too bad. Right. That's my answer that's a to that. horrible idea. God forbid people thought and did great things. <laughs> There's no such thing as competition. We have all these planets. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Nah, this guy, I love, first of all, I love your energy. And, um, passion. You know, yeah, I love that passion. And I'm, I'm one that's like, man, I feel it. I feel vibrations, man. I see, I, I feel, you know, uh, I'm a spiritual type. Uh, Joe's like not, but I am. And, and, I, and that energy is like, 
exuberating off of you, and, and I got to respect that because it comes from a place of truth, and it's very, you can't manufacture that, and that's why I love, I love that, and I can see it, man. He's breathing right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like a bull. Excited. He's like a bull, yep. and I love yeah, it. Yeah. You feel it. So everything that you said here, I took so much mental notes, a lot of gold, uh, gold, and especially something that we could uh, practical, practical, yeah. get it done today. Uh, out of all the books that you've read, out of all the books that you thought after you read, oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> the thought <laughs> provocateur. Yeah, I like that. Ah, ah, stealing it. Amalgam. Archetype. I love it. So your words, <laughs> vernacular. Yep. Your book, your book is coming out. It's going to be on Amazon. Um, what yeah. book do you recommend? I know you saw the container, the uncontainable. Yeah. Is that the one, the yeah. one book? Uh, it's, it's, so it's interesting. It, it's hard to give a one book, right? Yeah. Almost it changes all the time. This is what I would recommend to people. It's okay. What's sad is textbooks are watered down, non-pedagogically inclined, meaning there's no story, there's no interest. It's like, you ever see a bad movie? Yeah. That if they just got that story tighter, it would have been good? Yeah. That's a textbook. Mm. In psychology, in sociology, in history, in those subjects, there's so much tangible understanding of the self, the individual, and business. However, we, it's not necessarily common sense. It's like, oh, let me buy this business book and they're going to give me the one, two, three yeah. step. Life's journey is, and be open, be curious, be observant, reflect, let go, tell the truth. Well, what's the truth? We don't know. <laughs> Listening and reading and sharing what you believe openly and not attached to it, so there's not an argument. Mm -hmm. but a development of everyone mm -hmm. is the premise. So it, it, there isn't just one book. See, I, I don't, you know, I'll come around the mountain. One book, it's life, my life is a book I'm writing every day, uh, literally and figuratively. So I would start with things that necessarily aren't business, yep. like philosophy, history, psychology. So many of the examples that I've used today uh, may not have been heard in the past before, but it's because of, we're, we're taking something over here and making it make sense over here. And it, it is all relative. So I think that the, if you invest two hours a day in listening while you're driving your car, you're going to listen to, let's just say eight hours, the average audiobook. Um, every four days, you'll, you'll have finished. Yeah. Yep. A book. I mean, you're talking about 60, 70, 80 books a year, and, and it's not about the book. It's about the, the, the thinking between the lines. Um, so I didn't answer the question. You did, though. Okay. That's my answer. Not, because the thing is, it's, you know, I, I read Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, I oh. read history books. By, I was yeah. just looking up um, uh, anatomy and physiology. Like, I love learning about the body and what we could do, right? So I'm very introspective on all types of learning and education, but I will stop a book mid-book if that person quotes another person. I will go shut that. Who <laughs> the fuck the are you book. learning from? Yeah. I shut you off. I go get the other person. No one ever heard of that person. Now I'm, I'm all the way back. I'm yeah. gone. Yeah. I'm gone. So I eat books. I, I digest them and spit out, take the nutrients of what I need. I don't necessarily finish books to say I finished three or four or five or a hundred. 
I eat it, I take my time with it. It takes me a month sometimes to finish one uh, because I'm dissecting it. But I love what you said because it's not just the business, business books. What you just told, the stories that you mentioned today, the Alexander the Great, the, the leaving the history, the being able to, it, it shares with you in a, a more depth approach, an in-depth approach on really life versus just, okay, what's the three steps that I can grow my business? Bitch, how did a civilization grow their entire yeah. continent, yep. all right? So it's it's giving that entire 360 approach on life, and, and that's what I love in the approach of Culture Matters. And it's Thank a you. Lot about I would it. say, well, I appreciate that. And I, I want to say, right. Everyone, forget about the grammar, all of that. Right mm -hmm. for you. Mm. Since the cave walls, mm -hmm. you know the first team meeting? The cave wall. Someone Don't get eaten. saw something. <laughs> Yep. In their mind, yep. so Neander, you know, Australopithecus yeah. right. saw something yep. and drew it on the wall, or they drew the first, you know, word. So the first team, so it's almost like if you're not having first team TV. meetings, we wouldn't have got here on other species, literally, like on other humans' blood, if it wasn't for the, the writing of yeah. the team meetings. I love that. So writing for your own internal psychological development was a whole nother level of and that's the point of you know when 30 days of thought you're gonna write things that it's not my book man mm -hmm. hello how do I why is it even my thoughts if my thoughts are an amalgam of everything that's ever occurred in my life juxtaposed to my brain which is a genetic gift because I didn't actually earn it it was given to me through my birth mm -hmm. so they're not, no author's thoughts are their own. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a filter of the world. So, so I think the writing is what people have to do or else they will always be admirers of those that they do not know. Ooh. And the one, two, three steps to like the seven figure business, that is in vain without the yep. development. Now this is the thing, I am not against the millions of dollars. If anything, I'm a pragmatic idealist. Yep. Hello. <laughs> I'm not a capitalist. I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I'm a pragmatic idealist. I'm not a Confucianist. I'm not a Zoroastrianism, whatever. Pragmatic. So you can, like, think about this. We spend so much time at work, and all of our employees, if they don't have a higher purpose through the business and then develop as people through yep. the business, yep. what are you doing as yep. an employer? Yep. So I say, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life because retirement kills people, mm -hmm. to think, grow, share, and usually listen. Mm -hmm. Usually. You got it, man. To right? Yeah. So get the yeah. damn book. Write things yeah. down. Interview other people. I love it. Get the culture. Book. Follow Jay. Yeah, the books. Where, 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 can, where can we all find you, man? Okay, so uh, J-A-Y-D-O-R-A-N. Facebook, very active. YouTube, there's 1,400 videos on there. I did 100 and, 125 plus interviews. We have 25 full interviews of millionaires and so on on there, all free. I mean, there every day three videos are uploaded to YouTube. Uh, Instagram, Jay Duran, the Culture Man. Uh, <laughs> that was someone else's idea. I kind of like it though. I love yeah, it. Um, I love it. Yeah. So and then, well, obviously, of course, Culture Matters. 
www.ebooscourses.com has all of our education so people can check that out. Personal Facebook, hot calls, how to do this, leadership, and building that idea. So like if everything that I'm saying seems uh, you know way too convoluted, check out that coachmatterscourses.com and you can learn exactly how to do it. Bam, 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 bam. For everything we talked about. Man, this one was an explosive one. I gotta yeah. say, yeah. This I one gotta was say, good. it's all water under here. Ah. If nothing else, you changed two people's lives. Yeah, that's it, man. I love appreciate it. the appreciate time. That. I love it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, man, we got a comfort killer sitting here. Get uncomfortable. Joe, what's been going on in, in the offices this week? What are we looking for? Come down. <clears throat> we, we, just, we just sat with a crazy, crazy loan officer. If you're a loan officer... Man, if you want to explode your business this year, I'm talking about not even wait till the year, right now, mm -hmm. okay? We got the tools, we got the platform, as well as the leads, we got the contacts, and we want to help you grow your business. So come on down to 4320 Main Street and or email Joe directly. Joe, tell him Yeah, hit me up, send me an email, shoot me a text, 215-868-6379, or shoot me an email, josephmccabe at remax.net. Text him. But I'll tell you what, it's an ironic podcast because... Uh, Attraction is what happens, yeah. and we're attracting some big players. You're going to see some big names coming through here very shortly. Yeah. Um, actually, as of this week, yeah. so at least two. Um, but people who are out there in the industry making moves, noticing us, noticing what we're doing, yeah. seeing the opportunities here, yeah. and uh, they want to be a part of it, and they love what we're offering. Right, so. and where else could you get a big freaking alligator, raw meat, straight-up bear, <laughs> Voltron right here, Mr. <laughs> Jay. Duran, Duran, Duran. Oh, she did it. I had Durand, to do it. Yeah, Delete it. Delete it. Doran. That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Dora. And, and the Italian mafia. This is so amazing. Straight up. I love it. So, I got to give you guys a testimonial. I have, for almost two years, you know, every day been on social media, putting out videos or interviewing people, like I said, and almost no one really ever asked me. If I want to do, like, if I want to sit, you want to talk, actually. So maybe it was like I had all this pent up nuclear bomb energy <laughs> waiting good. for you. That's good. Love I it. really appreciate, you know, there's a, interviewing 51 top producers in real estate in this year. Only like two or three of them tops have a podcast. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that are just totally kicking butt for many, many years. So I really see a huge future with you guys and that you're already doing this because this is what it takes to change the world. Everybody has a voice. But not everyone's willing to tell their story and put it out there and okay. put others out there. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys and keep doing it. And well, I'm going to keep sharing we gotta it. got to say, without you, the podcast wouldn't really be a thing. Right. Because Stacey and I talked and talked and talked and talked. Yeah. And finally, you and I got together. Oh. And then you Sweet. said, well, when are you just going to do the podcast? And I was, I texted Stacey right after I left the meeting. I was like, Monday, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We're here. Yeah. All right. So well, thank you. Help me. And uh, this is the, this being being honest on film and putting it out there has has made my life meaning more meaningful. Sure. So uh, I I love to see what you guys do helping yeah. people. So thank, thank you so you, much. Awesome. And shout out to Deb because I remember the mic. Thank you for letting me know not to put the mic up here. <laughs> not your too entire hot. your oh, entire Debbie. face, Debbie yeah. Spence. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. All right, comfort killers. I man, those in real estate, outside of real estate, investors, business, whatever it is that you want to do, you could do it. You could do it today. Joe, Stacy, we're here. Get uncomfortable. Jay, peace out. Enjoy your day, man. Get uncomfortable. Remain uncomfortable. Peace. I gotta stop it.